Welcome back to the show and go on a Tuesday morning today because we're busy, busy guys in here. We got to drop this Thursday, boss. What have we got coming? Uh, I got five hoodies dropping, including the mellow hoodies plus two different colorways in the chase. Uh, it's been crazy lately with the sellout, so just letting everyone know I won't be dropping early. It's going to be six o'clock on the dot. Um, we're trying our best to make adjustments in the back end so that we don't oversell. But yeah, who knows? Just got to be there, right place, right time, and um, have your fingers ready. So. Thursday, 6 p.m., www.yktr.com.au. Make sure you're there. Um, Natasha's been getting pestered by me all week about getting one of everything in this one, so mm. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good drop. Uh, let's talk a bit of footy. Uh, obviously, since we sort of came in yesterday, the biggest news in the last sort of 24 to 48 hours, non-NRL related, which is good. There's a bit of international footy. Both the Johns brothers, um, we haven't actually heard from Sonny Bill himself on this, but they reckon they come out and said that the three of them want to coach Samoa. They'll do it for free. Um, sort of just another progression in that taking these second tier nations and unions forward. What did you make of the talk? And yeah, how awesome. gun would it be? Awesome. <laughs> what a lineup. Obviously, you've got Maddie, Joey, and Sonny Bill. Um, the really important part there that like you've got that cultural aspect as well, where Sonny, where like a lot of the times where someone's they've, they've attracted Australian coaches, but they haven't really bought into like when you go to World Cup and, and you're there for three, four weeks, like you go to churches on Sunday and, and like you pray every day. And, and uh, with coaches don't buy into that, um, you lose respect from the boys pretty quick, especially when you've got a bunch of Samoan boys or a bunch of Tongan boys and they're all together. And, and they've grown up the same way you need to buy into that culture thing straight away so I think Sonny's perfect for that I think he's got great league knowledge and then you've probably got two of the smartest brains in football um, driving steering the ship as well so the thing I like about it I think Tonga have just surpassed Samoa like yeah it used to be the other way around, but mm. you kind of want those two clubs to, or those two nations to be even because it makes a great competition. Naturally, they hate each other because they're like very similar, big, solid boys built. Um, but like brothers, they hate each other like brothers. They're yeah, yeah. It's them. not. It's not like <laughs> super personal. Yeah. It's kind of like Queensland versus Origin, but yeah. in terms of like race. Um, so it's a, it's a great spectacle that could have and like. Tonga have just kind of like taken off after the back of that World Cup. So it's exciting, man. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing you touched on there was the coaching. So when, I believe it's Christian Wolf, I think that's the Tongan coach's name. He buys into it. Hard. Like before they before he spoke any X's and O's football, he spent time in Tonga. He spent time with Jason Tomalolo and his family. Like mm. Conrad Harrell showed him around the local village. Like he immersed himself in this country. And then the football off the back of that. So Tonga, obviously the resurgence, they beat Australia like it's been crazy. I was in New Zealand for that game and trying to get your car out of fucking only hunger after that game was insane. Like you've I've never you've never seen fans like it. Like mm. the most passionate I've I've been to some I've been lucky enough to go to some pretty cool sports events around the world, football in South America, everything. If Tonga gets up in a rugby league game like that, there's nothing like it. So you want Samoa there because then it just elevates the whole thing. And even like the colours going up against each other, like the red and the and blue. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of looks like it just kind of yeah. balances off really well. And the way they've done that hucker down in Hamilton where they've done like a split oh, thing, so like that was like tension, man. People yeah. getting ready to fight in, in the streets. So yeah. um, the way they sort of brought each other together, um, it's a great spectacle. One thing I do like about it, the last, you know, I love a storyline. Last mm. time it was Jason Tomalolo. They had big personalities like Andrew for feeder that yep. sort of took us along their journey as well right now Samoa have got two guys that can carry that mantle for them Jerome Lua and Brian Toru yeah, they're fast. probably two of the most charismatic dudes there and they can roll into the Samoan side and, and really show them the way and what happens is like when, when the Tongan side's in that World Cup and um, they've got cool storylines and they get a couple wins, they start getting media attention. Once media attention starts to come, you start to feel like a little bit better about yourselves and, and your quality of football starts to go up. And sort of last time in the World Cup, someone just kind of got it left behind. I think yeah. they, they maybe got a draw yeah. in their round games and still made it through where Ireland got two wins and missed out. So 
I think you got two really great personalities that could, they, two boys that can actually ball as well. They actually care about being Samoan and care yes, about yeah. winning. It's important, bro. And you get them two guys and you get everyone in and around them. You get some pretty cool pieces like your junior Paulos and they, they're going to put together a really good side. The, the Tongan resurgence was built around, obviously Christian Wolf was massive for that and you saw what happened and we'll get to sort of the the union side of it in a second. But like when those guys, when Adam Fenua Blake, Fafita, Taumalolo said, nah, to Australia and New Zealand and put their hand up and said, we're all in here. Mm. That's when your Daniel Tupos and all the rest of those players sort of fell in around it. And Luai and Toto have the ability to do that. And Luai's already come out when he's asked about playing for, you know, Australia or whatever. He said, look, I'm, you know, New South Wales hard, but I play for Samoa, mm. which is like just, just saying that, these junior players coming through that are sort of in that bubble first grade side that can fill out a, a World Cup squad, they're going to choose Samoa every day of the week. So I reckon it's really important to that. The thing which you said about when the media attention comes, I'm just going to piggyback back off that again. That means sponsorship money comes. Mm. And we know that with a lot of these Pacific Island unions, whether it's league or rugby, oh, bro. dramas with the unions every time. So That's what fucks up the yeah. um, island leagues, like the, the board above it. Because, bro, they get the wrong people in there. And then as soon as you get them with like a little bit of power, they all start to power trip out. And then you get like the union against the players and like... I don't know, bro. It's always messy. It's never a super clean transition. Even like in the Cook Islands and stuff, like we had this guy that like went like they're like, oh, you need the local island boys like playing against like, the Kiwis. Like, nah, like we've got a team that's almost all played in our own. We can win. Yeah. <laughs> well, not win, but yeah. we can we can hold our gloves up. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, yeah, that's that's the problem with Samoa with Tonga. There's always just going to be this clash between. Yeah, just power. Well, they had it's fucking annoying. They man. had the fallout. The second that Tonga went on this big World Cup run, the sponsorship money came in. The board at the top, and I'm like, I won't say names, but it was obviously all this sort of gossip about the people at the top. They sat Christian Wolf because he was asking questions about where the money was going. Yeah. The players were like, "Bro, you're sacking our guy. Like, we're not going to play." And then all of a sudden, you get them playing as the Tongan Invitational side, and no money goes back home. So, yeah. Hopefully, they sort that out. And I think, just circling back to our initial point, the three players in there that command the most respect and that could get that shit done would be Sonny and the Johns boys. Yeah. No one's, no one's going to tell Sonny no. So Yeah. And <laughs> like he cares. Like he's one of the boys too. You know what I mean? So if he says something like, if Sonny walked in here, he's got star power. Like we'd all just stop this podcast and go yeah. like, hey Sonny, like, fuck you're the man. And like if he says something, like he, he doesn't waste words. No. So he'd be saying the right things and then you get um, super high level IQ football players and some of the best to ever do it. <laughs> well, we all thought he was going to play. When he signed back up for Toronto, everyone was like, is he eyeing the World Cup for a little mm. stint? And who knows, man, if COVID didn't happen and he was still playing over there and still playing footy, he could be running around for it. Spanning the works, RTS. Yeah. Obviously, he just goes, fuck, I just want to play for Samoa once before I take off. Yeah, no. Nah. I mean, he, he could be that sort of Andrew Fafita Tomalolo to that as well. Hey, there's a storyline for you. There's your scoop. No inside word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to, we've gone from Sunny Bill, the Roosters great, to Sam Walker, the future Roosters great. There you go. Man, Sorry, fuck bro. Sam Walker, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's 18, way too good, eh? 18 year old making it look too easy. Like throws, it's the Knights. Throws five. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, throws, I say I say that, Sammy. I say that respectfully because you beat my Knights. I was hating on Nathan Cleary in my group chat <laughs> the other week because he put a clinic on as well. Um, yeah, I say that respectfully, but fuck, he's good, man. Five tries, and the last one came when they only had 11 players on the park. So there you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> annoying. That's annoying. Um, ah, bro, he's great to watch, man. And like, we went through this period. Like, when I come through football, it was kind of like the Roosters, oh, sorry, the um, Melbourne were the best side. And that's when halves kind of split up. So we went left side versus right side. Um, and now we've kind of like, it's kind of like 10 years on, and you're getting halves that haven't been overcoached. 
you get your Jerome Lewis, you get your Sam Walkers now. Like they haven't been like taught to like, oh, get to this point, then we'll go back here. They understand that, but they got the confidence to play off the back of their own thing. And it's so fucking refreshing to watch because it's like football, uh, football between like 1998 to 2006. But that was a prime, that was a prime time for halves. There's like Trent Barrett, Scotty Hill was slept on. Um, obviously you had Lockyer, all the Johns, you know, yeah. Fittler was in there. Um, Brayford Nassau was doing this thing. Like, bro, they we had these. Like and as, uh, this has come off the back of the rule change as well because the game sped up a lot quicker. But that was the golden period of halves, man. Everyone had a really good halfback and five eight, and they all played like ad lib style football. Now we've gone through this sort of ten year period where it was all like structured. Everyone's trying wrestle, to be Melbourne wrestle, wrestle. The game got slower. The defense got better. Um, now it's flipped back to attack again, and it's exciting. And he's he's the guy sort of leading the way. Jerome's probably the other one as well. So they're just playing what's in front of them, and that's what you get taught as a kid. And they're not being too. They're not being overcoached. So man, he, he's an exciting prospect. I was thinking about it before. I haven't seen someone come out and this is saying like Nathan Cleary's been in this check conversation as well yeah, someone yeah. come out as exciting as him since Sean Johnson 2011 yeah facts in terms of highlights yeah like Nathan Nathan will probably go down as probably the best halfback of all time mate yeah. Joey's well, he's in that conversation he's in yeah. that con- he, he's trending towards that Sorry, way yeah, that's what he's I mean. doing yeah. more than what they were doing at that age yeah, JT everyone included but in terms of just jumping on the scene and, and busting out into highlights bro I haven't seen anything like this in Shawnee what about uh, yeah, carry on. And it's amazing to watch. He's the type of player when you watch him, you're like, oh, fuck, what's he going to do now? That's like, what I was about to say. you don't know. That's you what I was about know. to say. Like, I, I get to now, you're watching the Roosters play. First of all, the Roosters with all these injuries, and you probably said they're not a chance this year. They're sitting fourth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking joke. And but Sammy Walker's a hey, big part of that. Hey, that's my hometown team too. <laughs> what's up, Bondi? Sammy, Sammy Walker's a big part of that. But you watch him play, and it gets to, like, you're watching the Roosters, rather. Third or fourth tackle, and my eyes start to go off the ball like this, yeah, and I start to look for Sam Walker, which I never do. Yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a football fan. I, I didn't play, obviously, like you, so I don't understand a lot of the off-the-ball movement. But when I'm watching him play, the biggest takeaway for me, and Luke, you'll be able to attest to this, is if you haven't watched 10 in the Ken yet, watch it, because it's a fucking gig. But when Corey talks about playing him on Anzac Day, yeah. Corey goes, first of all, I mean, it's Corey, so he doesn't know anyone, but he goes, I don't even know the guy. Like, they're out in warm-up, thought it was a ball boy because mm. he's that small, but he goes, out on the field, like, he was digging into, like, Wairia Hargraves, everyone, like, give me the fucking ball, like, bro. And Corey walked away, like, yes. fuck, this guy's, like, you know, um, sort of Carmichael Hunt vibes, like, not scared of the moment, demands yeah. the ball, doesn't matter that he's 18. Yeah. Like, he, he wants it right now. Yes, yeah, so you're fine. <laughs> That's all good. Um, but I was this, this was a little thought experiment that Scope and I were doing over a lovely roast dinner. Shout out to the wife on Sunday. Queensland in the next five years, the spine could potentially be KP, Sammy Walker, Money, Reese Walsh or Money, Reese Walsh in that 14 jersey, and Baby Goat. Yeah, grouse. <laughs> They're probably going to be all right, eh? Yeah, they always, like, Queensland always seem to find a way, and they always yeah. seem to get, like, a little bit better, bro. That is exciting, it's not man. Bad, that is eh? exciting. Yeah, shout out Sammy Walker. Fuck doing your thing, bro. Keep doing, doing it. Doing your thing, You're, man. Fun. You're so good to watch. Now... Transitioning to my favourite young prospect, Reese Walsh. I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the Reese Walsh fan club. You, uh, bro, you're actually the captain of the Reese Walsh fan yeah. club. I know he plays for the Warriors, so everyone would expect me to be his biggest fan, but you might be the biggest Reese Walsh fan in the world, yeah? Yeah, I love him. Like, obviously, because like, Normie tipped me up about him like a couple of years ago, because yeah. they're, like, they're, I think they're family friends. And, and over New Year's, like, we're having beers and that with him. I didn't know who he was, bro. And then, like, he was just chatting. He was like, really good kid. And it was like me, him, Jordan, Ricky, a couple good. 
three good looking blokes right there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking making me look like a two out of ten standing next to them two cunts. The dog nah, fish. but like, I didn't know who he was. And then like we go, we're having a chat. I was like, bro, do you got it? And he goes, and he looked me in the eyes. He goes, bro, I've got it. Oh, and I, yes. I loved, I loved hearing that confidence, bro. So that's that Cole Anthony confidence. Yeah. And then I watched his, I watched his trial. Um, I watched his trial against. I think they might have played Wyndham Manley or someone. He was playing fullback and like he was carrying the ball back, but he was getting ipped. But he was setting up like that wide four style thing. Yeah. And I think he's the perfect guy for the Warriors. Like, what do you mean by that? Sorry, bro. Like when you when you say he's getting ripped but setting up a wide four. Nah. Like so like he's returning the ball back and he's getting like picked up and dumped. But yeah. like he, he like he wasn't like overawed by the situation. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it just means you're getting smashed. But then like he'd roll into attack and, and throw something on. So yeah. like I really loved that about him. And I only watched like the first half and he, he done, he, I was like, oh shit, like he can play. And then obviously the Warriors picked him up. Shout out to their recruitment. That's a really, that's a Peter really Sullivan. good sign. Is that Skip, him? Skipper Sully. Yeah, oh yeah. That's, done, that's a really good signing, man. Cause yeah. man, I, he's, in my opinion, like I know Cody does his thing and, and his touches are brilliant and um, I really lo- I really like that combination of him and Cody together. I wouldn't change a thing. Well, that's what I was about to get to. My next part was going forward. Obviously, Roger's there this year, but we know he's off at the end of the year. Do you see him as a six or a one? I, I see him as a six, like keep him at six for this year, but then roll him back to one. Yeah. Yeah, and the good thing about like the, the most impressive thing about um, Reese Walsh right now is his kicking game. Mm. And a lot of Kiwis struggle with kicking game. Like I was one of them, besides Shawnee Johnson. And the reason why is because we played behind such big forward packs growing up. Like you, you don't have to kick long. <laughs> <laughs> you never have to kick long. And I figured this out when I was like, because we used to do long kicks at training. And all the Aussie boys could smack it and kick it long. Yeah. Like I could never kick as long as them. Like unless you're playing union and you're kicking all the time. Yeah. Like I never really had to kick long. I was playing behind like Ben Motolino, Sunny Fire, Russell Packer. And under twenties, they look like grown men. So Chip I was just, I was just doing like I was on the twenty meter, just going like that, <laughs> and I could nail those easy. But you don't really have to kick long that much. Well, and you can see it, Chanel. Yeah. Um, I know Cody's sort of grown up over here as well, but he's more like an instinct style player. Mm. Um, you can tell like Reese Walsh has like played against some really tough competition growing up, where you have to kick long. And he's a, he's a left footer. All left footers kick the ball better. It's just fucking fact. Yeah, you can kick him higher. And the reason why this is so important for the Warriors is because they're a big side. When you kick long and you and you land it on the try line and you get them there, the forwards can go up, make their tackles. They don't have to get when when it's time for them to kick it back this way. They don't have to really get behind the ball. And then if you keep getting behind the ball, bro, it takes the juice out of Ben Murdoch Masilla, yeah. um, Adam Fanua Blake, all your big forwards. And once you lose your once you once you're fatigued, you lose all your fucking tongue and punch. You yeah. don't <laughs> feel like granite anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? You're just doing things fatigued. Even and Kenny Mamalo's a victim of that sometimes. Like late in the halves, pre Reese Walsh. You could see some of those big carries, which he used to get those sets started. He was just doing so much fucking work. Yeah, you know, it's like it, it, you take that little bit of sting out, and when you take the sting out of that attack, it's just everything falls apart. Oh, Mamalo's like if they're kicking from the forty, Mamalo's going like that, looking up and going, boom, <laughs> and then he goes, "All right, cool, I'm just going to fucking run it straight." Yeah. That's when he's at his best. Yeah. So that's like it's it's a small thing, but it's a fucking massive thing for the Warriors, where he's landing it on their line every and then time. every time, and they're just coming out. Putting a D in, and then it makes Marlo, and it sets up their plays. And the other side, he's got X Factor, and like I said, like I, I, I compare him to kind of like a Kevin Locke style vibe. Where yeah, I love that player. I'm, I, I'm more KP, but yeah. that's just because the way he runs. Runs he like did. real, like, but Kevin was like, like Nobby was like that as well. So he'll get knocked over, bro. He'd be stumbling, but he no seems to, to find him. his feet and then like offload. <laughs> yeah, and like there's this little touches in there, and obviously I played like a lot of footy with Nobby because we come through at the same time. Man, I see touches there, just like. He just sees it before everyone else sees it. He, he sees that pass. Um, he's not afraid to kick tackle too. 
Yeah. Um, he's really good on that wide four, and I think he's just going to get better. And he's fucking confident. Like he looked me in the eyes when I'm the person. He goes, "Bro, I've got it." And he's got the eyelashes of doom as well. And so he's a fucking better. glamour, and he looks cool <laughs> when he wears his clothes. He, I'm not sure about the headgear. Do you like the headgear? I like it just because he gets those little soft curls sticking through. So yeah. it gives him a bit of a rugged vibe. Got the I'm eyes a big of fan. doom, eh? He, he may or may not be rocking the mutton on your eyeliner. Uh, that's not confirmed. That's just me speculating. Reese, I'm sorry. <laughs> the mutton on your eyeliner. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that. only way. Remember that? That was yeah, weird. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> it was playing in Johannesburg, like the humidity had started to run. <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Anyway, Walsh, absolute gun. My thing, just before we jump off Reese Walsh, um, I want to see it. Obviously, we've only got one game of him at fullback and one game at six. I prefer him at six because I want the Warriors to sign Joseph Manu and Joseph. Is Joseph Manu off contract? I don't. Nah, he's on contract through twenty twenty two. I don't leave. I don't. You don't leave the Warriors. I don't think he will either. This is just me putting it down to the universe because if they're going to be based here, bro, you don't have to go that far. Please, please. Do you know what Joey? You're better be at fullback. Please come to the boys. Do you know? What, do you know what Joey would be good at? Union, bro. Oh, kill it. Yeah. yeah, I don't even want to put that out there because I'm worried he's going to sign. He'll go. <laughs> He'll go. Yeah, um, from the young boy. I oh, just quickly before we jump off them, Joseph Sawali with all the injuries because I know we're going to talk about Brett Morris after this. Is he allowed to come straight in? He's well, I mean, he's 18th man last week. Oh, so he's allowed. So he's in. Oh, okay. Um, my thing is, I know they had a plan. Obviously, throw throw him in, man. Who yeah, cares? they had a plan. Origin when Teddy goes, but would you be throwing him in now? Yeah, stick him straight on the away. Yeah. I'd throw him at center. Ooh, like I, I, just I, give him the ball. No, nah, there's like. If he's defensively sound, and I've watched a couple of his games at Norths, which he like, he relatively is. Like that's the only hard part about playing centre. Like everything else yep. is easy. Like when you're when you're winger, like you're getting bombed straight away. You're getting like you have to make big reads and stuff like that. Um, I'd, I'd throw him straight at centre. Who, who's who's playing there at the moment? Well, they got Joseph Manu, but he's he'll be he's at fullback. Fullback. <sighs> no, I'll put him at centre and then keep. Um, they Daniel. played Brett Morris at centre because they yeah. had so many injuries. And so that, who's that, that, that um, young kid that always scores tries on the wing? Who's that? Uh, is he Sam? He's from the beaches. I've got his name. He scored like five tries last year. Oh, he, he always comes in and covers for you for the wingers. Oh, Ekavalo. Ekavalo. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, he always Tackle breaking it. machine. Yeah, he's good, bro. So you keep him at wing and you put Joseph. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Beauty, another clinic. How about those three? How good? How good's the rookie class? This I was year? about to say as well, KP, Reese Walsh, and now Sawali making headgear cool again. Mm. And Joshy Curran. JT. Oh, Mudders OG. Um, I yeah. like Joshy Curran. He's bro, a gun, good. bro. He's silky. Uh, yeah. Reminds of um, Cuffbitson. Cuffbitson, he is does. That, yeah, <laughs> that's a good that silky sort of back roller with a bit of skill. Yeah, he's got that sort of indigenous flair in him as well. David like Solomona, he was the OG. You, if you give him a bit of early ball, he's got a bit to his game. Yeah. yeah. Proper Mudders as well, so, which so, we love. And he'll run a line for you. So, yeah. there's, so there's always that fine little balance. Yeah, there you go. Josh Curran got a rap on the Shiongo. How about that? Um, yeah, we just touched on Brett Morris. Obviously, that was sort of the image of the round um, in terms of like the heartbreak of watching his brother come over to him and that it's ACL. Um, I suppose your immediate thoughts when you saw that and then follow-up question, does he come back? Um, yeah, you hate to see the nice guys go down. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? He's done everything right his whole career. Um, won comps, played Origin, Australia, go down as one of the greatest wingers of all time. And, to, you know, like to think someone that's done everything in the game and be 34 years old and be mature and just see him break down in that kind of circumstance. And yeah. he probably understands, like, this is part of the game. It's super sad to see. And his brother's there. Um, I come, I'd, I'd come back, eh? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I fucking haven't played what he's done. I haven't done what he's done. 35, yeah. I, the emotion to me suggested he probably thought... He's done? He's yeah, done? I think so too, but, yeah. But, I like, you, you said it, I thought, when we were grabbing a coffee yesterday, which I thought was pretty fucking poignant, like... If Josh Morris, because I said to you, I was like, bro, it's an ACL. Like, I mean, I don't know injuries like you do. Yeah. I was like, D do you lose 10%? Do you lose 15%? Do you lose 20%? Like, uh, do you lose your speed, which is obviously his biggest weapon? But you're like, if 
Brett Morris loses 10 to 15%. He's still faster than most of the <laughs> And he's still in that, in terms yeah. of like, and do you want to just, can you just touch on it a little bit more? You spoke about like, because I said, oh, he can't, you know, he loses speed, you know, not what, no good as a winger, but his speed is his biggest weapon. But you were like, not with, not with Brett Morris because he's yeah. so fucking smart. Um, so like a lot of it is around like touch and feel when you're as a winger. So there's a try he scored a couple of weeks ago and I, fo- I forget who it was. And he kind of got a long ball and like, like the ball was coming this way and he come onto the ball that way and just sort of skipped Angled out. In, yeah. So like, man, there's, there's not too many circumstances when he's one-on-one with a winger that he hasn't been in. You know what I mean? So he knows how to manoeuvre his body to get around. And it's, sometimes it's not always about speed. It's about positioning. Like sometimes like, like you, there's some really classy players that aren't super quick, but they know where to be and how to place their body. And G- Gutho's almost like that. Yeah, Gutho's doesn't like, fly. No. Nah. he's so but fucking... Right place, instinct, right yeah. time. He puts himself in, in the right positions to get the ball. And um, there was this one try. I should try and find it, man. And it's, it's so fucking subtle. You wouldn't even think it's like something, but you watch it as someone that appreciates football and you're like, oh, fuck, that's... Yeah, that's classy. I hope I hope he comes back um, again. If he doesn't, and it's another Jake Friend situation, he's literally done yeah everything. So yeah. <laughs> um, I seen some guy on Twitter. I'm not too sure who it was. I kind of stay off Twitter because it's a fucking sewer. Oxic. But someone sort of said, um, "Why don't they do a testimonial game for the boys for in preseason next year? Dragons versus the Roosters. Josh Morris and Brett Morris will play. Yeah. They don't have to do a full preseason. They just kind of have to get themselves together for one game." Um, and pack it out and give them all the money. Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be did cool. they do a testimonial game this year? Was it for, for those boys? No, did they do it for Alex Glenn or what was that for? Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, you got like Dragons fans are pretty like loyal to yeah. success and um, Roosters. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Like Spons- you, you sponsored by YKTR. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sick. Nah, I think um, Boris and that would be fucking throwing some coin in there somewhere. Yeah, they might have a bit. Politus, just go here. <coughs> here's, a, here's a little brown bag. Thank you, boys. Um, oh, pardon me. <coughs> Got the Lukey cough going. Penrith, let's jump across to your boys. Um, you spoke about Luai before. We're going to talk about them every week until they lose because it's undefeated season, baby. Yeah. Probably the most impressive win of the season. I th- I said that to you given Tommy Turbo's form. I didn't think in. Manly were that great in the first half. I think, no. Nah. So I think they missed the jump. I think they missed an opportunity to sort of really, really rattle them. Uh, there was I forgot there was a team a couple of weeks ago they kept bombing Brian Toto and he started to look shaky. Yeah, I think that's the strategy that in terms of kicking plan that you go to. So like say you get down to the part of a field and you kick off a six floor six four. So what that does is when you kick off a six four, the winger has to be up in the line because if he's off the line, you just pass around him. So you got to kick from that sort of right post. Um, that way he's up in the line. So like I'll get the ball like this. He's up there. I kick it bomb it towards Edwards, yep. land it on his head, and you sort of gang tackle him like that. And then what happens is like um, Nathan Cleary will come to hooker and Toto comes around and you just got to gear yourself up for that, for that big one, one big tackle. tackle. So they go, like you can either get someone off the long run or the short run. So yeah. say if I kick to Ken Mamalo, you'd rather take him on a short run than a long run. Yeah. So you don't try and kick it to him on the full, you try and keep him in the line and you get the full back. Just or you go to the complete other side. I've seen a lot of teams, that's interesting you say that, a lot of teams, they do it with Mike Acevo as well. And they do it with Mamalo and start to do it with Toto, where they almost target them exclusively in that corner yeah. and try and shut down them on that second tackle. Yeah. Because, um, like you said, you gas yourself up that tackle, but sometimes Toto it doesn't matter. He he busts you anyway. So is that perhaps a tactic as well to maybe yeah. just get it to him yeah. first, so you take him out of play. Take him out of play. So yeah. ideally, say if you're in a good field position, um, you bomb to the boys. Yeah. And you like let them catch and just get them like that, so they can't really gear up and get a run on yeah. you. But if you're further back on the field, you need them in the line, so you kick to Dylan Edwards because he's not as tough of a tackle. Still tough, yeah. but not as tough as uh, Brian Toto. And then he'll he'll be up in the line, and then he have to scoot all the way back around. 
And then you've pretty much got your fucking whole four pack ready with baseball bats. That's what yep. I say. Like, let's go fucking whack them with baseball bats. And it's a one out run. That's so, so aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, that I think that's the strategy. I don't feel like too many people use it too much. Yeah. Um, but the then problem with Penrith is he's not the only point of attack. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But that 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 limits your points of attack. Yeah, like they're not in good ball. Then Clary starts drifting across, and then mm. gets an offload, goes to Jerome Lawai, and then fucking shit just gets messy. Yeah, <laughs> he still ganks four blokes and goes through. Yeah, um, uh, but they're yeah. but they're great to watch, man. They they enjoy playing football, which is super refreshing to see. Uh, obviously, it helps when you're winning every week. Like, oh, I've probably given them to Wednesdays off. Like, they're going that good. Come for like ten minutes video. We'll see his Wednesday boys <laughs> captains run. Yeah. So they're they're kind of in that little phase. Interesting part is going to be in Origin. Uh, most of those boys, their key boys, will be in there. Yeah, that's when my undefeated claim is going to get a little bit shaky. Oh, but of course, but they'll just bring some fucking kid from St. Mary's and Matt Burton. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Burton into the yeah. house. They'll probably be all right. Yeah. Um, you spoke then briefly about Nathan Cleary. I thought that was, you know, as good as he's been this year. That was one of his best games of the season. Um, particularly that first half when you mentioned Manly were a little bit off. He was fucking on. Yeah, he shoots to first now tie for Dally M with my preseason pick, which was Rog and Latrell. But Latrell's obviously serving a suspension, so you'd suspect mm. him to fall back a little bit. Um, is he your front runner at the moment? Nathan oh, Cleary, of course, yeah. And yeah. obviously, when you're like, I've seen Joey and Fitler, like that, they're big. Like media is big for Dally M's. Well, like they once once they start, yeah, of course. <laughs> once they start like gassing someone up, it's just kind of like. Even if they don't play super great, they might click click one point. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah, he's in that position, but he deserves like he's. I'm just gonna say he's the best player on the comp right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think um, there's anyone who'd be arguing that point. Yeah, there's no, there's not one part of his game that's bad. Defensively, so solid as well. He can like, put a shot on. Yeah. He can he can make cover tackles. Like everyone thinks defense is like putting on shots, but a lot of it's making reads. And sometimes like he'll shoot up out the line and because he's moving up so quick they just drop the ball under like that's smart defence as well yep. you get off the line quicker so you don't have to make tackles <laughs> that's a strategy I used to try and use <laughs> line um, speed line speed line yeah, speed yeah yeah um, right yeah. He, like there's a lot of halves that he organises the team but then there's a lot of halves they, they call it like I used to get called like a traffic cop <laughs> like sit behind the rock and go go here go here yep. and it takes away your run he doesn't do that he still runs the ball um he, he can play at first receiver, he can play at second receiver, he can play down the blind side. Yeah. He's probably behind Reynolds, probably the best kicker in the comp mm -hmm. in terms of he's got he's got a variation, he's got an arsenal of kicks. He's, he's got, got the chocolate dipper on him, he's got the bomb as well. Like I think he was one of the big snubs on our uh, first team or high bomb. So we had Milford, Dewey, Reynolds. Um, he very easily could have made that. He's got a fucking high bomb on him as well. So you look at he someone like, say, say like a Mitchell Pierce, where he's yeah. just mastered that one kick. So yeah. he'll kick it from halfway, land it on the spot every single time. Great kick. Where a Reynolds and a Cleary, they can do that same kick, but they can put a spiral on it. They and can ask put a, a few float. questions, yeah. And that's, that takes time. And then he fucking kicks goals as well. And he's a fucking <laughs> good bloke and he's good looking. It's an, yeah. He's got it all. He's got it all. You know what? Fuck and he's off. one of the boys too. That's the best thing. He's yeah. not. A, he's not a nerd. Like no. he's a footy nerd, <laughs> but he's not like boring. <laughs> yeah. So I love that about him. It fucks me off when the commentators always talk about, oh look, it's the one that you miss hit that's almost the best. I'm like, bro, they're not miss hitting that. Mm. They're like Milford is trying to do that kick. He's Cleary nice is trying to do too. that kick. Yeah. Um, we're speaking of Milford, onto the Broncos. Jeez, with the transition game, Lukey, you feeling it? Yeah, um, smooth. <laughs> hey, the oh, someone pulled it up the other day. They're like, oh, what about um, Jackson's Roganess transition? Transition today? games. Yes. Like, yeah, he's onto it. Uh, the Broncos, obviously, with the comeback of Doom, I picked them as well. So I was riding them home that whole way against the Gold Coast. Before we talk about Brisbane, um, I think the game probably said more about the Titans because I'm just not sure where they are as a side yet when they're losing games I like that. I that early. I yeah, like, yeah, you did. And and I didn't have them in my top eight and everyone lost at the start of the year and obviously Scope had him fucking... Winning the thing. Winning the whole thing, basically. Um, and he had the Roosters missing the eight, so 
scope you to disqualify from this conversation. What did you make of the game and um, where does sort of the Titans sit after a game like that? I only watched the highlights because yep. I, I rolled into the game I was like, oh, this is just going to be one of those games yeah. but it fucking turned out to be a classic. classic. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it the next day but like, yeah, I don't know. I think they're sort of, Titans just a little bit, oh, they're obviously a lot better than what the Broncos are in terms of the talent. season and stuff yeah. and, and talent as well. But man, fuck, it was a great game to watch. I, those games are awesome. Yeah, the, the big brother, little brother thing, I know like, the players will always downplay that like, we don't give a fuck but it adds like we're all about storytelling here and it just adds to the theatre of it and when it's at when it's up there and you've got the big Brisbane Broncos with all that history up against the new hot thing the new sexy team which is the Titans with Tino and, and Fafita obviously you got Fafita going against Pangai and those two just fucking smacking into each other all day Yuck. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Fafita I mean only had I know he got criticised quite heavily after that like he goes hat trick clinic hat trick and then he has another lull um, so he's getting a hat trick next week. So he's going to get a hat trick <laughs> next week. That was what I was getting to. Load the fuck up on Fafita next week because Michael Winnis has called him out. Um, but in the aftermath, obviously, a lot of people criticizing Brisbane for letting guys like David Fafita go. Reese Walsh is another one now that everyone's pretty like, how the fuck did you let him go? The CEO comes out and has a crack at the Vultures for poaching all the junior talent, and he wants a little bit more regulation around that space. I spoke to you about perhaps, I don't necessarily agree with him because I'm like, mate, if, if you've you're good enough you'll sign the talent if they want to sign if Reese Walsh wanted to be a Bronco he would have been a Bronco mm. um, if you had the cap if you managed the cap right etc like I, I don't know the exact answer for this but they let so many like genuine first graders go at the same amount of time just to retain like junior yeah. talent you know what I mean but so the problem with the Brisbane is now they're not retaining that junior talent yeah but that's this, the issue this is, this is a, like a long tail issue of like this has been happening for a couple of years so you get rid of like some really good fucking first graders and and Broncos no longer become a success what used to happen in the past and like Normie's talked about this before like guys like Andrew McCulloch and uh, Matt Gillette mm. um, Josh Maguire they've, they've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because they wanted to stay for the Broncos Corey, Corey Oates is another one Corey Oates yeah. for, b- because they were a success mm. so if you have a successful first grade side you're not going to lo- be losing junior talent because they want to be playing on Friday night in front of 40,000 and, and playing in the Broncos colours like seeing the Broncos win is, is like it's almost like nostalgic now yeah. <laughs> but it, you, like they want to we talk about this with basketball like you do want the, your those certain teams to be good you want Souths to be good you want Broncos to be good yep. but they're probably the main one you you need the Broncos to be playing finals football because yep. their branding is so strong yep. they're, they're synonymous with success so when they had a first grade side that was successful they weren't worrying about vultures poaching they were paying these fucking juniors unders and like, I'm, like, I'm talking about massive un- like, I'm yeah. talking about massive unders so they're paying these Bronco kids massive unders because they had the branding of the Broncos and, and you get to play a Suncorp and play of Lockie and all that sort of stuff as well so when they lose that allure and they still try and pay them unders you get the Reese Walsh effect. And well, you get the guys what, what, why you know? isn't why isn't Penrith complaining? Yeah, there's 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 the argument. Yeah. Like Penrith aren't complaining about losing their juniors is because they got a successful first grade side that juniors want to play for. Yeah, Broncos don't have a successful first grade side, so players are coming in and poaching. And um, Xavier Coates, I reckon he'll go. I reckon he'll go to Melbourne. I think he should. I think. Oh yeah, so do I. He's like one of my favorite players, and I like him in the Melbourne system. He becomes a lead, you know what I mean? Talking GI vibes, baby. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I mean. So, like, and then you're looking at Broncos, not too sure who quite, who's the leader here? Like, you know what I mean? You get behind the goalposts, like, like who's talking? Payne Hass is talking. All their leaders play for the Dragons now. Yeah, (laughs) like that, bro. And then you go to the coaching and then, like, you go to the Melbourne system and, like, you know know who your captain is. You know who's talking when shit's getting hard. You know who your fucking coach is because he's one of the best that we ever do it. You've got systems that's been built over 20 years that are synonymous with success and you just throw one one of the most talented juniors that we have in terms of physical presence and Xavier Coates, mm. it's just going to get scary. 
they you, you talk about sort of their, their, who's the voice there. They seem, or the talk coming out of there, just quickly on the, the vulture thing, I think perhaps, and I've said it for a while, I said it when the Warriors were humming in those 2011 days and like you start to see, you know, your Louis Browns and all that, Elijah Taylor, yourself, like guys start to go elsewhere, not just because Ivan's leaving, but I wanted then there to be some sort of competition dispensation like there is in the NBA whereby if you play for your junior club, and say, say Nathan Cleary signs a five-year deal with Penrith, that's always going to be more money than if he signed a five-year deal with Brisbane because you get the NRL top-up. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like an, almost an additional year's salary. So it's whatever you want to call it, call it the, the junior clause or the, I don't know, heritage clause or whatever. Mm. If you're from the area, that's your club and you've played your junior football there and they table a $500,000 three-year deal and so do Melbourne, you can get six hundred if you sign with your junior club. Something like that I reckon would yeah. incentivise the investment. It would... You know, for the club, and then you've got no excuse. If David Fafita leaves, if Reese Walsh leaves, if Xavier Coates leaves, you've got no fucking excuse because you had extra money coming from the comp. They just mm. don't want to play for you. Mm. I reckon something like that'd be cool. I don't know how feasible it is financially um, for the club to be handing out money like this because there's so many junior players playing for their teams. Yeah. For everyone that leaves, there's a lot of local talent playing for their sides. But I don't know. It was just an idea. It's it's one of those like problems. Like with having a successful development system, like that's kind of a good problem to have that people want to poach your players. Because in theory, if you've developed them right and you've treated them right, you actually get first crack at them as well. Yeah. But you can't keep everyone. So when you, the reason why Penrith has been a success, like Bryce Cartwright coming through was fucking like elite. one of the most elite, one of the most incredible juniors I've ever fucking seen, and he's playing really good football now. But there comes a time where he he's like they, he might sign for say like three hundred k out of high school. Yeah, which is massive money, but then he might be playing at like a 600k level, but then they might see someone like a, like, I know they're the same age, but someone like Isaiah Yao where they can get same productive, and that that's the benefit of having a great junior system, because that way you can pay a Nathan Cleary a million dollars, you yeah. can pay Jerome Maluai 800k now, because you know you've got these um, juniors coming through that might not be able to do as a good job as, as the guy who's currently in there, but he's trending towards that direction mm. at a cheaper price. Yeah. So that, that's what development is, and you gotta you got to pick and choose on who you keep. Yeah, whereas so, Brisbane are in that position at the moment where they have to pay the Bryce Cartwright. I know we're using Bryce as an example, but yeah. because they don't have a, a Yo or a Liam Martin in the pipeline, because they're 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 saying they will keep getting taken off him. But yeah, like Matty Moreland, like Matty yeah. Moreland come through. Lachlan Coote was a big junior. He's on big money. Fuck Lachlan Coote was a gun. Yeah, so Matty Moreland comes in. He starts to kill it. Starts to captain the club, and he was yeah. like. Moiser in his time was crazy. Yeah. And then like he starts to become worth 800, 900K on the books. Like, all right, cool, let's, let's focus on Jerome Lua. That's what development is. If you're yeah. smart about development, that's what it is. You're nurturing this next little part, spot where you might not get the same effectiveness, but you're trending towards that direction. And that's and like, I know, I know, he, I know it's probably hard for him now because he's just reactional off the back of everything that's happening. But man, if, if you do it right, you're the, you're, you're the Penrith of the now. Yeah. And the Broncos used to do it right before because they had all the right guys in the right place. But um, it's just a long tail of fa a failing first grade side. There you go. Peter Sullivan, eat your heart out. Isaac John, taking your job. Um, just quickly before we wrap up. I feel like uh, I'd be a good coach. Hey? I honestly feel like I'd be a good coach. <laughs> if I can hold Later, me, boys, I'm off. I'm going to go kick and coach run the fucking. Coach got on benders with the teams. That won't work. <laughs> um, just lastly, the, the talk coming out of Brisbane as well. Obviously, we've spoken about how we think you know there might be issues or they want to fix it. It seems like all they want to do is sign a halfback. That seems to be their, Who their number one goal. Well, it's red hot. The player, the, the halfback market, I don't remember a time when so many guns have all been coming off contract in the same year. Mm. Moiser, Sean, Reynolds, uh, Corey, obviously as well. There's going to be a lot of talent out there. And if you're not signing them... Early, 
Like that's why I think the Reynolds thing is bizarre because I would be locking them up right fucking now mm. because if you get to the end of the year, you're going to be bidding against all these other clubs. So yeah, I, um, I don't know um, if you're if you're Brisbane and you know we went to that furniture store, you could smell the desperation on the dude, and it kind of <laughs> makes you not want to go to the place. What giving Lukey three of his cards? Yeah, I, so we went to this furniture store yesterday, and this guy's trying to sell like some high end furniture, and like you just smell the desperation on the place, and it almost makes you not want to go there. Mm. Man, I feel like that's the Broncos right now, and I, I know like. They yeah, facts. Yeah. Each each half could probably make probably an extra two hundred k going there, but then you're rolling into the Hornets' nest. You're rolling against the fucking all the old players. Probably going to hey, uh, you don't know who your house partner's going to be. You don't know who your house partner's. Gonna be. Yeah, bro. You, you don't know like like you hear a lot about Kivy Walters and yeah. he asks a lot of players that have been coached by him like like will he be a good coach and like oh he'll ha-, all of them said like he'll need some good support around him. Yeah. So great bloke needs great bloke needs yeah. um but. I don't know. Like, I'd I'd rather Saffos and Mitchell Moses. Yeah, I'm in a really good side right now. I, like, I don't have to move. I've got a really good four pack. We've got great juniors. I've got a great coach. I might make 200k, 100k less, but I'm fucking staying put. Career longevity as well. Yeah, like you stay here. You potentially win a comp, and then when the next time your contract comes around and you're 29, 30, you get that, mm. get that big deal. So we've spoken about that before. It's like we spoke about it with Jerome. Jerome. Not taking the Warriors' big money, yeah. staying put. I tell you look right at now, him. when yeah. look at how he's going. When his contract comes up for negotiation next time, that boy is going to be able to demand whatever the fuck he wants. So yeah, yeah, that's important. Like it's it's hard when someone's front like waving the fucking carrot in front of you and it's a million dollars. Oh mate, I'd be signing. I'd be signing. <laughs> I'd sign for Wakey right give now. Give me that fucking I don't give right a fuck. Now. Yeah, yeah. So, different breed. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like. I don't have an answer. I think like I, I think because yeah. I'm a little bit old, like I'm 32 now, and like, at this time I'm older, taking this trade away, and I'll yeah. be like, oh, I could be the guy that could turn this club around. But that could be like, say, if Mitchell Moses does go up there and he gets him back into the finals. You're the king of Brizzy. Sick shit. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> plenty of upside in that as well. So it's it's up to the individual. Yeah, it's a conversation. I don't have an answer. Um, like maybe they should so- try and sign Adam Reynolds or try sign Sean. I think Adam I, Reynolds I, would be a very solid signing. Yeah, great signing. He gets you in know. games. Yeah. And you, you go up in sixes. Behind that pack as well. You go up in sixes, not fours. You know what I mean? So my thing is like they, they, they're they not settled on Turpin or Levi. They're not settled on Osako at the back. They're, pl- you know, Tyson Gamble. What a game. But they're mm. tossing up who's going to play 5-8. So if you're a halfback looking to sign up there and you have no stability in the spine, I know you're playing behind a big gun forward back, but you don't have super experience outside you with Jesse Arthurs and Coates and that. I just, I don't know if it's the best landing spot football-wise, but if anyone can make it work, it'll be Ren. So mm. who knows? Yeah, he, yeah, obviously need. I thought Jermaine Osako was amazing. Oh yeah, right foot of doom. I love Jermaine Osako, but mm. I'm saying like, I don't know if he's the long term fullback option there. I'm he, still a guy. Do you know what? He's, like, he's like a pass away from being a good fullback. Like I like it happens all the time, bro. So like Dylan Edwards is Dallin an example. Well. Dylan's Dylan's another yeah. one. Valentine Holmes. They're, they're all that kind of very run first, physical, yeah. athletic, well balanced style fullbacks that all want to play fullback, but they're just a pass away from. Yeah, I don't know. I think surely they're practicing this. Yeah, I think Jermaine's. I think he's a better winger, but right foot of doom. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. For and for that side right now, he needs to play fullback because yeah, he's their only point of attack. So, mm. um, I think that's a pretty. I wonder, good if, I wonder if he's hearing all the Reese Walsh chat as well and going fuck, fuck y'all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this shit? I love that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's that kind of guy as well. He's got that energy. All right, all right, man. I think it's a pretty good show. I'm going it. Yeah, later. wrap it up, baby. See you on Thursday, six pm.